is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. We're not here to start no trouble. We're just here to do the Decibel Geek Shuffle. Rock and roll. How's it going, everybody? I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good friend Chris Sinzak, and we are going to go meet Vinny Vincent. Yes, we are. Woohoo! Thanks to last week's episode. Yeah, I'm, it's, yeah. There's a whole story behind that. <laughs> Sign up for the Patreon VIP right. if you want the whole story. Behind it's a that. really, really good time to be a Decibel Geek VIP really because is. they're getting all the backstory with it. You guys just get the main show, the the meat and potatoes of it. Those guys get the seasoning that goes along with all it. All the behind the scenes talk, and boy, is there a lot of it. Yeah, there's a lot going on right now in the world of Decibel Geek. But the main thing is, yes, we we found out after last week's episode, which I think turned out pretty good. We've yeah. got a whole ton of great. Respect from it i've heard mm-hmm. from all kinds of different people that loved it yeah again this comes back to people just love it when we just hang out and talk yeah especially if we talk about vinnie vincent right that's, uh, that's yes. basically number one subject um yeah worked out well and uh we've uh, been told it's good to go and we're aaron and i will be we'll be down there the whole weekend i'm pretty sure there's there's meet and greets on friday and sunday and then the expos on saturday and i'm i mean i'm planning to go probably that thursday night and just be there friday saturday and sunday yeah and uh because there's still going to be people hanging out getting into town on Friday. It's going to be just like the Rock and Pot Expo. Right. I'll just hang out the whole weekend. Except you won't be overworked. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I am so looking forward to actually getting to talk to so many people that I uh, I didn't get to in Nashville. Yeah, it's going to be weird you know, for you. It's going to be fun for me. You're going to feel like you should be doing something all the no, time. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to have a beer in hand the entire time and not think about anything. I'm just going to have fun. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to go. Uh, we're doing the Sunday. As of now, we're doing the sunday meet and greet unless that changes but uh yeah if you're doing the sunday meet and greet let us know because we could meet up there and hang out it's gonna be a fun day and uh, of course at the expo we will be sharing a table with our good friends at podcast rock city they're yeah. having a table and they were so kind to say that we could share it with them and we'll be on site recording stuff and Heck goofing yeah. off and steven from yeah. growing, up, growing rock up rock is going to be there too yeah. he's got a table so we're just going to hang out and push those podcasts that day yeah and uh, i heard from mark striegel this week that uh, he's him he's going to be coming too and right on so talking metal will be on site maybe even john astronomy oh cool and uh, mark's awesome wife emily who was she was a blast at the expo yeah too. so that uh yeah it's gonna be like a rock and pod expo reunion down there it's gonna be fun and vinnie vincent don't even know yeah i know you don't even know how many awesome people are coming. I hope he's excited. Is at least as excited as everybody else oh, seems man. to be about I would it. I hope so. Um, but yeah, but you know, maybe I, we should put the bug in his ear and see if he'll come to the Nashville Expo. That'd be awesome. That'd be oh wait, way cooler um, than Nickelback. I, yeah, I put too much money already into Nickelback. So <laughs> I've already, already <sighs> sold too much of my soul for that one. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh man. Well, and the. <laughs> A friend of ours that's another podcaster, which I don't know if I, if he's cool with me using using his name on this or not, but uh, basically was he had a funny joke in the same regards where he, he said uh, something like, uh, I heard that we've been asked to host a Striper Expo, but it's up in the air if God's going to be invited or not. <laughs> hey, God's always invited. And on a completely different note, listen to Cobras and Fire. It's a fantastic show. Oh, man, it's the best. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got a lot of rock and roll to we get do. to today. We got a special guest. We got a special subject we're doing. We're talking all about Chicago and Northern Illinois because, mm-hmm. man, a lot of great rock and roll has come out of the Northern Illinois region over the years. We're going to cover all kinds of stuff today. 
But before we get into that, I got to let you know, I'm looking at it right here. I see two of them. They're iTunes reviews. They're back, people. Mm -hmm. And they're five stars the way we like it. And this one comes to us from Winner567. I believe it. It goes a little something like this. Always a fun listen with Aaron and Chris. Professional sounding and good conversation. Long live Decibel Geek. Short, sweet, to the point, five stars. We like it. No, we love it. That's great. Thanks, And like I said, we got two of them. So this one's entitled uh, Two Awesome Hosts. Comes to us from Mark Alden Taylor. I know that guy. He's on Facebook all the time. Mm -hmm. Five stars. Goes a little something like this. Love to listen to these guys. Chris and Aaron, great tag team. And love... For the, oh, and love for the music. Oh, and the love. What? I think he got his words backwards. The love for the oh, music. Okay, no wonder I can't read it. <laughs> I'm less dyslexic. I, I thought I, I could figure it that's out. That's what I thought. I was like, am I going dyslexic? No, no, it's it's not me. It's him. It's Mark. Our love for the music is in our hearts. And uh, he says, keep it up, guys. Yeah. Mark's also hmm. a member of the NAD. What's the NAD? The National Dyslexia Association. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> the NAD. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, yeah, okay. People, yeah, people with you. learning disabilities yeah, yeah. are really mad at me right now. Oh, man. All right. So but those are some sweet-ass iTunes nice reviews, reviews right there. You know, Keep them coming. We like it a lot. You know, it, it means a lot, too, because I know iTunes, that's our main... Our main distributor, I guess. Yeah, it's our hub. We love iTunes, you know, and they're always there backing us up. And what we need is good iTunes reviews, Mm -hmm. five stars like that, to make them love us more than everybody else. It's hard because there's a lot of great podcasts out there. We hope we're one of them. We uh, We hope iTunes thinks so, too, and your five-star iTunes reviews can only help. That's right. And our other favorite people, the Geeks of the Week, these are the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter. Last week's Vinnie Vincent discussion, a lot of people enjoyed that. Yeah. Geeks of the Week this week are Anthony Visconti, Martin Winham, Shane Aber, Kenny Baxter, Rich Canamar, Kevin Williams, Alan Tate, Baco, Cobras and Fire, Metalworks, Eric Nesbitt, Michael Anthony Palmer, Jason Davidson, Julian Howard, Joe Royland, Sit and Spin with Joe, Mike Stewart, Mike Grabowski, David Young, Alex Thorne, Gino Ames, Eric Sartana Horner, Joseph Capone, Sonny Pooney, Growing Up Rock Podcast, Josh Timmy from Talk To Me Podcast, Wayne Cross, The Riff of the Day, Aaron Baker, Greg York, Brent Tibbetts, Justin A6. <laughs> All right, Mikhail Burrell, Rad Collins, and Samuel Wett, Scott Smith, Mark Alden Taylor, David Hudson from Digital Killed, Andrew Jacobs, the Freeform Rock Podcast, Christina Green, Angel LaCrue, Derek Laba, Daryl Alber, FMBP Podcast, Trapper Crane, Christopher Stokes, SNJM Session Podcast, MGG Rock Photography, Nick Boulder, Sean Franklin, Ernesto Aguiar, Escape Rabbit. Now we're into Twitter names. Escape Rabbit, Joe Beck, <laughs> like Bobby Valentine Army, David Glenn, LNF. Uh, Cassius Morris, Stephen Atchison, Jeff Mendenhall, Billy Hardcore, James McElhenney, Brian Wilhoyt, 80s glam metal, Monty Carr, Focus on Metal, and of course, the Mooger Heavy Metal Poontang. Oh, I mean, uh, the Mooger Fooger. Ah, okay. Sorry. Can't get that out of my mind. Yeah, well, we all fantasize about Heavy Metal Heavy Poontang. Metal Poontang. God, I wish I could hear it. It's probably the greatest song ever made, but we don't get to hear it. No kidding. All right, well, we got to get to some Chicago rock talk. a band from Rockford? I had no idea. <laughs> well, there's probably a bunch, yeah. but, you know, just one you mainly think of. 
So Cheap Trick was the first band I saw in concert. They were huge here in Chicago. And I was into them before Budokan came out when they really hit it big. I just thought their image looked really cool on the album cover. So I bought their first two albums. And In Color is a great album. It has uh, weak production, but um, great songs. And I picked Downed because Robin Zander is one of my top five rock singers of all time. I saw them a month ago with uh, Foreigner or the Foreigner tribute band because Mick Jones is the only member left. Right. And uh, yeah, but they, they can still bring it. And I've seen them a few times in the last five years. I've seen them almost 30 times, I think. Wow. But uh, Down is definitely my favorite vocal performance by Robin Zander.
Yeah, man, that guy's definitely still got it too. Yeah. So you had, definitely you had something on your list that kind of threw me at the beginning. Can you uh, explain what that one is? Oh, UFO. Yeah. How does UFO fit UFO, into Chicago? I'm telling you, UFO was like our adopted band here. Yeah. They were huge in Chicago. They, I, you know, I know Eddie Trunk talks about them a lot, but. I don't know how big they were in the rest of the country, but they were massive here. And they recorded a good chunk of Strangers in the Night here in Chicago at the International Amphitheater. So I picked Lights Out from that album. It's my second favorite live live album of all time after Kiss Alive. And he says Lights Out, Lights Out Chicago. But it was recorded at the historic International Amphitheater. That place was a dump. (laughs) <laughs> but had some great shows. That's where I saw Cheap Trick for the first time. I saw Black Sabbath with Dio there nice. twice. Wow. I saw Van Halen there a couple times. I mean, just, you know, great bands. <laughs> some I know you guys are pro wrestling fans, too. Some crazy wrestling matches I've seen there as well. Oh, wow. I think a, a fan stabbed a wrestler at one time at the International Amphitheater. Wow. But UFO was like our was like ado- our, our Chicago adopted band. Michael Shanker was wor- worshipped as a god here. And uh, that song's recorded at the International Amphitheater. And he says, lights out, lights out Chicago. So that's why I picked it. I thought it was very, it's a very important uh, song and album in Chicago rock history.
that's well yeah that makes a lot of sense that is pretty cool i always yeah. like them stories about how those bands back in those days you know would be foreign bands to the united mm-hmm. states but certain cities would pick up on certain bands you know like yep. like killer dwarfs down in texas yeah. you know and stuff or like Russia, that yeah. cleveland yeah right yeah that's awesome i love it so that that, so am- that's like, that amphitheater where was that located what part of chicago was it in south side I think around 43rd or 42nd in Halstead. It's called the Back of the Yards. There's a little tribute to it there, but they used to have the auto show there and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, they tore it down in the early 90s, I believe. But, I mean, when I went, it was a dump. But tons of great bands that played there. Yeah. Gotcha. And sometimes those <laughs> were the best shows. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. We'll talk about a couple other venues too right as on. we go into these uh, into these bands. Cool. Well, what do you got next? When we talked about doing this show, I said there's a couple bands we have to mention. They're the big elephants in the room, and you wonder if they fit into the wheelhouse of your show or not. So I picked songs that I believe would fit in the wheelhouse of Decibel Geek, and the huge bands are Cheap Trick, Sticks. Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. They, those are gigantic bands out of Chicago. So the next one is Sticks, And I'm going back to their early, early days when they first hit it big. And um, James Young was recently interviewed about how they originally got big. And it was because of WLS and WCFL had such power as AM hit stations here in Chicago. And after like six or seven o'clock at night, they would boost their power and the whole eastern United States would get their uh, get the um, signal. Right. So they would play Lady and it wasn't just heard in Chicago because it was huge in Chicago, but none of the other cities were here. And all of a sudden, you know, they were hearing it in New York City. They're hearing it down in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the song called Lorelei, which is on the album. It's just I just think it's a great kick ass rock song. They, were, they started out as a great hard rock band. I still like a lot of their stuff. I know they got kind of torn in different directions when they were popular. And, and uh, you know, Dennis DeYoung, it's pretty interesting. Dennis DeYoung belonged to my father-in-law's country club when I first <laughs> met my wife. So I used to watch him hit off the tee box um, practicing his golf game. James <laughs> Young used to bank at my aunt's at the, at the bank, my aunt worked at, and she got paradise theater autograph for me, which was pretty cool. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. And then John Kruluski, who plays on this song, Lorelei, he went to my high school, but he was a few years older than me. And then when he left, Tommy Shaw replaced him, but he, uh, he went to Fenwick high school. It's all boys. It was an all boys Catholic school at the time, but yeah, you know, you always ran into, you know, people that bumped into people from Sticks because they were really, you know, they truly were a Chicago band. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original three guys were from a neighborhood on the south side called Roseland, which is in the news all the time for all the wrong reasons now. But back then, that's where they all met up. And then they met James Young at Chicago State and the rest is history. She's moving in and I can hardly wait. She 
cool that you picked that song because that's my absolute favorite Sticks song. Yeah? Yeah. And I just learned more about Sticks in the last three minutes than I have in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not like a huge Sticks fan, but they, you know, it's part of Chicago history. Right. Really that's, that's what I'm and thinking about this. a lot of people this. like, oh, you know, they, they don't want to talk about Sticks because they think of Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. <laughs> but but they had some, they had some great rock songs. And James Young, you know, and, and that's what eventually caused the rift between Dennis DeYoung and James Young and uh, and uh, Tommy Shaw because Dennis DeYoung wanted to do his ballads and more theatrical things. And yeah. James Young used to play hard rock. Yep. And uh, that's where a lot of the rift came in. Keyboards. They'll ruin any good band. Uh, Gary Corbett. Yeah. Not <laughs> Just kidding, so Gary Corbett. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So what what do you got after Sticks? No, this is pretty awesome, though. I like this because it is like, it's more than just rock and roll. We're really delving into some Chicago history yeah. here, and I like it a lot. Yeah. All right. So I, my next band, all right. So this, I got a good story here. And I'm so my next two bands I want to talk about because of the scene. And actually, it's going to tie into the next four, five, six songs that we're going to play. But in the 80s, middle 80, early middle 80s, Chicago was really cool. Um, I lived downtown for a couple of years with my parents. I had a blast. I worked at Wrigley Field as my summer college job. It was just so much fun. And the Metro used to get metal shows all the time. And that's down the block from Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I know you had Raven down at the expo. I saw, I was at that show where Metallica opened up for Raven. And we ripped uh, uh, Kirk's guitar off his back when he put it over our heads. So we, we used to great, have great shows, but you would get in this this couple mile radius, all these different scenes. You'd have like this uh, electronic goth scene. You'd have the punk scene. You had the metal scene. Uh, you know, there's the gay area of Chicago in it was all like really vibrant at the time. And, and you know, it, being in my late teens, early twenties, you're like, Oh, I'm all metal. And, you know, and you wouldn't want anything to do with any of those other, any of those other genres and lifestyles. But now looking back to it, you know, it was pretty cool. And then at one point, you know, a couple bands meshed all that together. So, it started like late eighties, early nineties. And we went to a show in Jane's addiction. It was on their first tour and they played at the Metro mm-hmm. and we were really into the first, you know, I, I like Jane's addiction a lot. And so we go to see him and they, there's this opening band. They were terrible and we were making fun of them. They were the worst. So a couple months later, my friend comes over with this album called Gish and he puts it on and it just kicks ass like great lead guitar you know, it's alternative, but heavy. Right. And it was Smashing Pumpkins. Yep. And then they became huge. And Billy Corgan has a lot of different influences. He, he has a lot of metal influences, as well as a lot of like, he was influenced by the Cure and bands like that. So Billy Corgan brought a lot of those different styles into his music. And there's some heaviness to it. And there's, you know, other types of music. And of course, he was a huge Cheap Trick fan as well. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to the song we're going to play. I went to go see Motley Crue on the final tour. We had pretty good seats. And I looked next to me and there was this huge guy next to me, a huge bald guy. And he, I mean, like NBA huge. Mm-hmm. And his shoe size had to be size 16. 
And it's Billy Corgan. He's a big dude. Really? Oh, wow. So he's sitting there next to us and he's into the show and he's with, he's with an attractive female. And, uh, my friend, he goes, I, that's Billy Corgan. I'm like, yeah, no, just be cool. And so my friend said something to him, how, you know, his albums helped him get through college. And Billy wasn't very, very friendly, but he was there to watch the show. Right. Interesting enough, I find out later that he struck up a relationship with Tommy Lee. And on his last recording, Tommy Lee plays drums on quite a few songs. My favorite being One and All, which is very metal. And it's a song I chose because it shows how Billy does have a side to him. He's been on that metal show and talked about it where he really got in. He loved Black Sabbath and all these other bands. And, and he was a big fan of Motley Crue. And he really wanted Tommy Lee to play drums on this album. And that's the, that's why I chose the song.
that's pretty awesome. I really, really like that one. I remember a couple of years ago when that came out, that ended up on my my top ten at the year end. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. great album. Yeah, there is some. Smash Pumpkins is one of them bands where, to me, you know, and and you know, being a Kiss fan, being a Crew fan, you know, along that lines, there's some Smash Pumpkins, man. I just love. Mm-hmm. I mean, love it. Right. But then there's like the other fifty percent of it that's like over my head, and I don't get it. <laughs> But the stuff I love, well, that, I really love a lot. Billy Corgan's an interesting guy, and he grew up pretty close to where I live now. And just reading about him, it, it's just he was influenced by so many different bands, and he tries to change things up musically, and that's why you know fifty percent you might like and fifty percent you might right. not get, you know, because yeah, even their huge album was uh, Infinite Sadness. And, yeah, you know, I only like half that album. Right, and then the album after that was a door, which was very electronic, and I was like, I don't know, but um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I definitely respect him, and and he's up there as probably I don't, it's either Sticks or Smashing Pumpkins for the best selling Chicago artist mm-hmm. because Infinite Sadness sold what, what almost ten million copies, I believe. Everybody I knew had a copy oh, of it. Yeah, I yeah. yeah, I had I had a CD and a cassette of it. I was very into that album when it came out and it's because it's a you know whether whether you like billy or not for his views or whatever that album at that time was a fucking masterpiece like i mean it was the whole thing was like it was on par with it was like the closest to a modern day sergeant pepper or you know queen type album that you're going to get because it had so much depth to it and there's like a lot of stories going on through it right and that was one of the last ones i remember of it being an album you yeah. know, it's an actual you album that you really whole. needed to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. And I'd go to parties and we'd be sitting around the table playing cards, drinking, whatever, mm-hmm. and just play that whole sure. thing. And yeah. then it would get to the end and somebody would put in the first disc again and hit play and play the whole thing. That yeah, was huge. So I have another story, if I may, and I just thought of it now. I, had, I did not plan to tell this, but um, I have a good Smashing Pumpkins story that relates to that album. I was in New York City on business and there was a fight that i went to a boxing match and i told you guys you know that's why i skipped the evening session i had to see that stupid floyd mayweather conor mcgregor fight anyway so i riddick bow was fighting a guy here from chicago andrew galata big polish dude and uh a riot broke out in madison square garden because andrew galata kept on low blowing hitting uh riddick bow in the uh cup so they'd disqualified him so there was this huge brawl in the crowd. So, you know, I, I got the heck out of there. And I'm driving out of Manhattan. I turn on the radio because the next night Smashing Pumpkins are playing in the garden. And I turn on the radio and they're, t- they're reporting the riot. And then the news, it was, it was really bizarre. The news is like, this just in. The drummer Jimmy Chamberlain and their keyboard player at the time were found unconscious in their hotel rooms. And they OD'd that night. And they had to cancel the tour, and then Jimmy Chamberlain was kicked out of the band for a few years. But uh, that was yeah, that was a strange Dude, night. And Joe, that was yes. This is going to show how small a world it is. That yeah. same tour, I had a best friend from Kansas City, and like we we went to college together, and uh, he he would go back to Kansas City in the summer, and I had planned to go up to Kansas City to have like a weekend and party and everything. And we had gotten third row tickets to see the Smashing Pumpkins and Garbage on that tour. And we also missed out on the show because of that overdose. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. 
But that happened the same night. If anybody wants to see a good riot, crowd riot, look up, look up uh, Riddick Bowe versus Andrew Galata, Madison Square Garden. That same night is when uh, Jimmy Chamberlain OD'd. It was crazy. Well, and I'm not going to lie. My biggest disappointment part of that whole thing was that I wasn't going to get to look up Shirley Manson's skirt because that's what I was most looking forward to. <laughs> what did you think of uh, who was the? What did you think of the bass player? Uh, what was her name? Oh, Darcy. <laughs> yeah, Darcy. She was she's, she was cute. She, she was I'm, cute at the time. She's a mess now. I'm a yeah. bigger Melissa Oftermar fan. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially the. Uh, yeah, who's does she? There's that one um, Maynard's other band, Pussifer. Who's no Perfect um, Circle? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Anyway, Perfect Circle. Yeah, the bass. Yeah, there's a hot bass player in that one too. In that video, you know, and the expo was talk- also known as a Perfect Circle jerk. From what I've been doing. <laughs> ah, yes. Right. Anyway, I think I hope we aren't we didn't get off track. Here. No, no. Well, that's mm. that's kind of the show, but no. It's all in fun. All right, so we did the pumpkins. What do we got next? All right, so the next one is ministry. Early ministry, I couldn't stand. It was terrible. It was that dance, electronic <laughs> music, but it was part of the Chicago scene. Then all of a sudden, L. Jorgensen decided to meld everything and get super heavy. And I'll give L. Jorgensen a couple props because, one, he was a huge Blackhawk fan before it became Vogue here in Chicago. Like he, like, he went to all the games when they were bad, when they were ranked as the worst sports franchise. Not the worst hockey franchise. The worst professional sports franchise was ranked at the Chicago Blackhawks. That's how low they were. And then they, they turned things around. Now everybody has to go see the Blackhawks. Yeah. Big thing. So he was, he was an original fan. You'd see him at the games and he wore, he would wear Blackhawk jerseys on stage. Secondly, I am convinced that Rob Zombie ripped off his act and became huge hmm. ripping off uh, his look and somewhat of his sound that he put out there. Yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, the dreadlocks and the the heavy, the heavy uh, beat music and everything. I don't know. I it, there's there's too much of a similarity there. So anyway, uh, one of the best live moments I've ever seen was one, at one of the first two Lollapaloozas we went to, and ministry, we used to, we went to go see Ministry quite a bit when they got heavy, and uh, he he was one of the first. I don't know, maybe third on the bill, third or fourth on the bill, and. People were throwing – it was you know one of those – it was the in Tinley Park. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those sheds and people on the lawn were throwing mud up on the stage. It had rained earlier in the day. Yeah. So he freaked out and he's like – he went off on the crowd and it was pretty cool. He's like, you assholes throwing mud up here, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and the crowd settled down. Then it goes out of the blue. He goes, all right, this is a song by Black Sabbath called Supernaut. And it was great. So that was one of my – favorite live moments ever now he recorded supernaut under a different name if you want to <laughs> do you want to talk about that name or yeah because yeah, right I've, I've always been a huge fan of the nativity <laughs> yeah. in black sabbath right. tribute yeah, it's, it's and, it's, and it's i love the song and i've always right. known it was al jorgensen but i never understood what the 1000 homo djs were I don't know either. I think it's just maybe he did too much heroin. I don't know. <laughs> but, but he played it live as ministry, and it was great. That's awesome. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's why I'm picking it.
Honeycomb rocks its way into spring Sunday, March 7th on the campus of Western Illinois University with Robin Zander, Bunny e. Carlos, Pete Comita, and Rick Nielsen. Cheap trip. There's limited seating available at 8.50 and 7.50, so act now. Don't miss the concert of the year as McComb welcomes Cheap Trip. Tickets available at Co-op Tapes and Records, Weird Heralds in Burlington, and Bob's Records in Quincy. Don't miss the hard-driving Cheap Trip in concert Sunday, March 7th on the campus of Western Illinois University in McComb. Right, before we get back into our awesome conversation with Joe Beck covering everything hard rock and heavy metal in northern Illinois, that includes you, Chicago, we're going to tell you a little something that you need to know. We've got some cool stuff going on right now at DecibelGeek.com. The articles that are coming out and the concert reviews and the album reviews are just amazing. I saw last week that Living Color shared yes. the album review that was done on decibelgeek.com. Yeah, from one of our newest writers. Yeah. I guess his name is, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's Tom Cornell. I'm, I apologize if I get that wrong. He's a brand new writer to the site, but he's already put out a bunch of articles. That's awesome. And See? he did a great job with it. That's what we've always said. You know, you don't have to be some guy with a doctorate in journalism to come write for us. All you need is to be able to spell halfway decent, be able to put sentences together in the correct manner, and love hard rock and classic metal and have a willingness to want to do this you know some people have it in them you know we've got it in us we've got a we've got the love for this kind of music in us and it burns so hot that we gotta let it out that's why this podcast is it keeps us from going insane i know there's a lot of people out there that are just like us that need to have that creative outlet to get it out and if that's your thing if you love doing album reviews or you love going to concerts and giving people the good word about what's going on out there in the streets with hard rock and classic metal hey come join the team I just thought it was gas, but maybe I do have that. You got the fire, man. Okay, cool. Just just don't let the gas out at the same time. This could be a disaster. I I thought it was Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) We got Taco John's now. Oh, yes, we do. All right. So excited about that. All right. Regional humor. Okay. Our sponsor this week. Well, it's not Taco John's. Boy, that'd be nice. But it could be. All right. So, um, but yeah, also, you know, the website's doing great and, uh, we want a lot more of you to join up on the Patreon page cause, yeah. uh, we've got some cool stuff going on. Like, like we mentioned at the top of the show, a lot of behind the scenes talk and, and really cool stuff, stories that we will never share on the regular show. Right. For example, in the last couple of weeks and even, even before we sat down to record this week's episode, we did an entire hour. Mm-hmm of an episode of the Chris and Aaron show. So that's like an entirely another it's a totally decibel different geek podcast. That's different. It's hosted by us. Yep. But I mean, it does deal with hard rock and metal a lot of times, you know, cause the conversation does lean towards that, but it also covers important things like podcast groupies oh boy. and, you know, working in strip clubs Yes. and avoiding fist fights and lawsuits and lawsuits. <laughs> 
and all kinds of cool stuff mm -hmm. that you could be a part of. All you got to do is become a VIP, and you can do that by going to Patreon.com, yeah. looking up Decibel Geek, yeah, and signing sign up. up for it. There's different levels there of commitment are. you can do from the down low and the small yeah. to the up high and get and, it all. And yeah. There's even one level where you can host the show with us. That's right. Yeah. Yes, and, well, that's much like what we've got going on that's here today. Absolutely what we've got You know, and a couple here. of weeks ago with David Hudson. And, and we got more coming up. With countless others, and we do have more coming up, and yeah. we've... we've talked about this a little bit earlier you know as part of the uh, vip when we were talking about that is how it's cool when somebody say for example like sonny pooney yeah wanted to be a podcaster but needed to dip his toe in it to see if he could hang and yeah. he chose to start with us you know yeah. and he's made the rounds he's since dove then. in multiple yeah. pools ever since right yeah. you know and look look yeah. what he's, he's doing, doing now. fantastic and it's, and speaking of the website he just did a great review of uh michael sweet doing a solo acoustic show out in california right on really good stuff see that's what it's all about i mean obviously you guys are out there you're going to shows that we can't all be to right be at so you know just give us the word you know take the time write it up yep. be cool Help us out. You know, while you're at decibelgeek.com and you're checking out all this stuff, get yourself a Decibel Geek t-shirt. I'm wearing one right now. And he gets, just got laid earlier. Yeah, and I'm going to get laid when I go home. Too. And he's going to get twice in one day. With the same woman, just in case my wife's listening. Wearing the same shirt. Right. She's like, damn, will you take off that shirt? I'm sorry. I she's like, no. Right now. Wait a minute. Put it back on. Right. <laughs> That's what I would say. That's awesome. Another good thing you can do to help us out. Do your shopping on Amazon. Yes. What, you mean you're already doing your shopping on Amazon? Of course you are. Everybody does. But here's what you can do. You can go to decibelgeek.com. Up on the top of the page, you'll see our Amazon banner. You click on that, it takes you to Amazon. What you do is you're shopping, just like you normally would. Nothing's different. Nothing changes. No extra charges. No extra fees. Nothing hidden. Nothing. You do all your shopping. You buy what you buy. You pay for what you know you were supposed to pay for, not a penny more. And what Amazon does is when the transaction's all said and done and they've got your money and you get your purchases, then they give us a cut of what they've earned mm -hmm. because it's like a finder's fee kind of thing. You're coming through us to go to them and do your shopping. So they appreciate that. They kick us back a little money. It helps us out around here. It makes life a lot easier. Makes it a lot easier to go see Vinnie Vincent, that's for sure. Yeah. Because if it honestly, if it wasn't for our VIPs and our donators and the people shopping on Amazon, we'd have been a little short on cash yeah. to be able to go. But you guys helped us up with our what we came up short on and, mm -hmm. and basically made it happen. So I can guarantee you when we go down to the uh the KISS Expo in Atlanta, I'm gonna have my zoom in my pocket just yep. like I always do. So I'm gonna be recording all kinds of cool stuff. So look at it as an investment. It is. You guys kick us a little help. We get a little extra money. It helps us to be able to go do cool things. Yeah. I record it all. The VIPs get it. Hey, sometimes every once in a while I record something that's so good we can actually use it on the real show. Yeah. So, I mean, it all works out. If you're a VIP, you definitely benefit from it. If you're doing your shopping on Amazon, everybody benefits from it. And also, one of our favorite things, we get the list. Yeah, we get a list of everything you guys buy every week. And uh, here's some of the notable ones that were bought over the last seven days. Including a Fire TV stick with Alexa voice remote. It's, everything's so high-tech now. It's mm -hmm. uh, a book called Console Wars, Sega, Nintendo, and the Battle that Defined a Generation on Kindle. They still make books? Oh, it's on Kindle. <laughs> on Kindle. <laughs> Talking about old video game systems. I'm not, that's actually interesting to me because I've played all those systems. Uh, also, uh, the video game Gundam Versus for PlayStation 4 was bought. Okay. And in movies, Take the Money and Run, that's a Woody Allen movie was purchased. I don't think I've ever seen that. I'm not big into Woody Allen. Uh, Superman the movie, the extended 
extended cut and special edition Blu-ray was purchased. Yeah, everybody's going Justice League crazy. And then a double feature of two movies that I I like a lot, and even though the second one's a serious guilty pleasure because it's really not a good movie. Eddie and the Cruisers and Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie Lives. Oh, God. Remind me next time we're doing VIP to tell you my Eddie and the Cruisers story. Yeah, but yours is Eddie and the Cruisers 2. Is it? Is it about a band name? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. That relates to the second one. Okay. But, I have no idea. But I they're, just, they're I both, just hate, uh, them. I hate them out of principle. Oh, I love both of them. But I love that song off the first one. What's the first on one? On the Dark Side. On the Dark Side. Yeah. That's a good one. All right, so music that was purchased. The Rolling Stones, Hot Rocks, 1964 to 71 was bought. That's the good stuff. David Bowie, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Everybody should have that. And uh, L.A. Guns' new one, The Missing Piece, was bought. Is that a pre-order or is it out now? I think it's out now. I got to (laughs) go. And then wrapping things up this week, uh, you know, kind of uh, on topic, Warrior featuring Vinnie Vincent was purchased. Heck yeah, as always, we always try to encourage you, you know, whoever we're talking about. It makes me proud to know somebody listened to what we were doing last week and it made them think, you know what, I got to get that Warrior album. I got to get that and hear it. You know, Decibel Geek inspired me to do it. So I'm going to go through their website to do my shopping on Amazon. Look at that. We're turning you on. You're turning us on. We're all Mm -hmm. turned on. It's great. You know, so that goes for this week, too. We're playing all these great bands from Chicago. Chicago, you know, Smashing Pumpkins or Enough's Enough or Trouble or, you know, even strange bands you may not know so much about like Holland, you know, Mm -hmm. Sticks, there's Cheap Trick, there's all these albums are out there on Amazon. And there's links to all of these bands on the show notes for this episode. So if you hear something you like, click on that link and go buy it. Yeah, go get you some Enough's Enough and some Local H. You like them? Oh, I love them. Okay. Well, you didn't let, know? No. We'll have to talk about that sometime. <laughs> this, to me, has been a really great episode. I'm We're just sure getting warmed up. All right, well, let's get back to our talk with Joe Beck about Chicago Rock. All right. All right, so uh, next few bands we're going to talk about. The, you know, Chicago had a great metal scene in the early, mid-80s, late-80s, too. Some local bands that I really got into. The first one is Z-Trope. They were from the north side of Chicago, and uh, they were called Street Metal. They really heavy, fast band. Sometimes they bordered almost on punk. And their drummer, lead singer, was Barry Stern, who was a total rock star on stage. But when you met him in person, I used to run into him at the uh, record store all the time. And totally cool dude. Unfortunately, he passed away a little over 10 years ago, but uh, great band live. I saw them open up for uh, Megadeth on their first tour. Right. It was a great show. Yeah, just, uh, so the song is Tripwire. It's one of my favorite songs by them.
So street metal, that's kind of like punk thrash a little bit, huh? Kind of. Yeah, it was. You know, there was their gimmick. They, that's they tried to coin it. Um, you know, there were a couple things I think that were going against them. One was uh, their name. <laughs> no one really knew how to pronounce it. Yeah, I was wondering what what does that mean. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like a something to do with light. <laughs> to be honest, I guess I should look it up on Wikipedia. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it means bad band name. Yeah, <laughs> their sound was very hardcore. So uh, I thought they had the potential to make it fairly big, but I was biased. I thought they were just as good as all the other heavy metal bands that were coming out at the time, and I was a huge fan. But I saw them play. Like I saw them open up for. Um, Megadeth, I saw him play at a Moose Lodge. That was one of the best shows I ever went to. Oh wow! And, you know they played a couple. Of, they 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 played all their originals and they played some Motorhead covers and it, yeah, it was great. So a Z Trope is a animation device. He <laughs> 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 so, looked it up. But, yeah, I know. So yeah, I, I just um, was a big fan, and, and Barry was a cool dude and a uh, total rock star on stage. How many albums did they put out? They put out two albums. The first one was called Amnesty, and the second one was called Life of Crime. And they're both equally as good. I like Amnesty a little bit better, but they have some, you know, they have some songs that really border on hardcore punk, and they have a lot of songs that sound Motorhead, thrash like. And then they have a couple songs that are really good hard rockers, like Company Man is one of my favorite songs by them. And that's more of a heavy hard rock tune. It's got a cool one of the guitar players throughout the entire so- song makes this like clock noise. It's really cool. You got to listen to it. It's called Company Man. Check but out. my all-time favorite song is Tripwire and that's why I picked it. Right on. Awesome. That's cool. I like it. Yeah. All right, cool. So what do you got after that? All right, so that leads into the other band that I really loved on this scene and that's Trouble. I love Trouble. Yes, and they originated in Aurora, Illinois. And believe it or not, Kiss just played there. Aurora is now the second largest city in Illinois. It's now no longer Rockford. Oh wow! But uh, yeah, Kiss played out in Aurora. Can you believe that? And it's also made famous by in Wayne's World, Wayne's of World, course. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but Trouble was from there. Uh, they started out, you know, very very heavy, um, doom sounding band. They had very uh, positive lyrics, though. They were some people coined them as a Christian band, right? that the drummer was uh, fairly religious, Jeff Ole Olson, but they had a very Sabbathy sound. Mm-hmm. But then after Z-Trope broke up, um, their drummer, Jeff Olson, went on to pursue other ventures. Barry Stern from Z-Trope joined Trouble and they recorded two albums. They were signed on Def Jam and they recorded two albums produced by Rick Rubin and they kicked total ass and the first album is just called trouble and the song i picked the psychotic reaction
just, yeah, love these albums. And Manic Frustration is another one. Last time I was on with you guys, I played a song off of Manic Frustration. But yeah, it's really great stuff. Uh, Rick Rubin tightened up their sound and Barry Stern, you know, tight, a lot tighter drums and he play, he does background vocals on there. It's really, really cool stuff. So everybody out there should check out those two albums for sure. Cause they're two of my favorites. Definitely. I think trouble is probably one of the most underrated bands around because you talk to people that would clearly, clearly would love trouble mm-hmm. and they have no well, idea who it is. But it's like, listen, listen to me. If you listen to this band, you will come back and thank me because you will gladly admit that you found something new that you love. Just check it out. Just do yourself the favor and check out the band Trouble. And those two albums are a great place to start. I got to ask, though, Aaron, you have such a cool name already. Is Trouble your middle name? Well, you are. You're the troublemaker, I hear. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So you're the troublemaker. I see. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Listen to VIP if you want the details on that one. All right, so following Trouble, what do we got next? All right, so we got a band called Holland, and it was named after the lead singer Tommy Holland. They just came out with one album in the mid-'80s called Little Monsters, but it featured the raging guitar player Michael Angelo uh, Beato, who had all those crazy guitars and stuff. But at the time, it was just straight-ahead hard rock with some really great leads. And uh, the song I picked is uh, Living – on time which was probably their most popular song got some airplay uh here locally and i don't know if they were ever on mtv or not but uh they played all over the bars here and part of the local metal scene more in the hard rock vein but great guitar work great song
Michelangelo a Chicago guy? Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. That makes yeah. sense now. Does that was, a, was Nitro wasn't a Chicago band? Yeah. Though, there were no, no. He formed Nitro after that, but I liked Holland a lot better than Nitro. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I wasn't a big Nitro fan. No, me neither. I'm a, I'm excited to check out more of the Holland stuff. But did you see the the uh, Nitro GoFundMe that was that was set up a few months ago? No. No. <laughs> They're trying to do. They're trying to get funded for an album to do yeah. a reunion album, and they got uh, uh, Chris Adler from Lamb of God playing drums on it. Oh wow! Um, but like it was, they wanted like an insane amount of like fifty thousand dollars to record the album or something. And the perks are funny. It's just the videos that they did just for the GoFundMe are hilarious. And actually, Victor Wooten, who's like a local la- bass playing legend here, is he's the bass player for it. Oh wow! So it's like. You know, a million chops in the band, but like no songs, you know, right. which that was kind of Nitro's calling card. It's like all these guys are great, but there's no songs. Yeah. And I remember one time in the late 90s, early 2000s, Michelangelo Beato came up to Wisconsin with a band. And it was like called F5 or something like that. And they had a, they had an album out and it wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. But they were playing this little rinky-dink club up in the middle of Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And I could never figure out, what's the connection here? How would this guy be here? But he was there. Being, uh, being from Chicago, then that makes sense. Yeah. And I got to correct both of you. It's Michelangelo Badio. Badio? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. But, uh, and if you ever want to see... <laughs> If to watch the movie Shock 'em Dead, it's like a really awful horror movie. Yeah, right. from the late, really awful, but really awesome horror movie from the late '80s, and his guitar playing is featured throughout the movie. Right on. Yeah. Really? Okay, I'll have to check that out. With his crazy ass three neck yeah, guitar. With, yeah, with multiple neck guitars. So cool. All right. So sorry to derail yeah. things, Joe. No, no, I'm glad you went into that because I kind of lost interest, you know, in him. I, I just couldn't get into Nitro, but. I thought Holland. I thought that was a pretty good album, and they were a fixture on the local scene. They played the Thirsty Whale, which leads us into our next band. And I know you talked about that. That episode you had with Donnie B was awesome. Oh, thanks. It, it was, was just great. Yeah, no, it was. I love stuff like that. I could just, especially when you have to drive a lot and you got a great interview like that, and him reminiscing about, um, you know, the South Suburbs, Blue Island, South Side of Chicago was so cool. And it was weird because when I was listening to the interview i was literally in that neighborhood <laughs> driving around i was like holy cow yeah so yeah nuts enough late 80s they had some popularity and they're definitely you know fabric in the chicago rock scene and i picked their you know i picked the no-brainer new thing i always love that song Find your mind to figure 
I, I just urge all the listeners to go back and listen to the interview with Donnie V because it's uh, quite an eye opener. It's pretty cool how he talks about how they started, the songwriting, and everything. And and uh, they they definitely came from uh, the south suburbs of Chicago. You can't get more Chicago than that. Yeah, right on. Well, That's cool. Yeah. I love enough enough. Oh, and that was a that was a definitely a, a certain certainly an interesting interview and there's a, a lot of it that uh, that isn't even in the episode there it was a long conversation yeah no it was cool it was great yeah it was pretty awesome for him to bust off that much time for us you know and and just be wide open with the stories and you know and as an enough's enough fan it was really amazing to me because mm-hmm. it's like all right you know i have an opportunity to ask donnie v anything i can think of you know one yeah. of my favorite bands it's amazing I probably turned more people onto Enough's Enough than probably any other band because I just like run into people and be like, oh, if you like that, you'd probably like Enough's Enough. Oh, what's that? Oh, here, check this out. Right. You know, and I'm constantly turning people onto that band. Little by little. By the time I'm dead, they'll be the most popular band in the world. <laughs> I just got to get out there and meet more people. Right. Anyway, so did, were you able to find Warcry? Because they never really had an official release. I have not been able to. All right, I know they have the song on. Um, well, if you can't if you can't find it, I know I know the songs are on YouTube, but I I just wanted to give a mention to them because they were part of that Zotrope Trouble uh, Thrust was another band they came out with an album, mm-hmm. part of that Chicago metal scene. They were kind of like the four major ones, and I saw Warcry open up for it was it was Twisted Sister on their tour in Queensryche was the second band and then Warcry played first so it was Warcry Queensryche on their EP and then Twisted Sister and they played up at a club called Haymakers up by um, in Wheeling that's no longer that was a crazy show but Warcry put they put on some great shows and they did the uh, the kind, they wore some makeup it was pretty cool they wore like black lipstick and you know, so they looked kind of uh, doomy but they had some pretty heavy like more like heavier priest type metal, but the singer Rich uh, Rosick, I talked. I was talking to him quite a bit a few years ago. I haven't talked to him in, in several years, but like around 2008, 2009, 2010, I was talking to him quite a bit. And uh, really nice guy. They were, you know, they were on the cusp of getting signed to a major label, and it just never happened to him. I mean, they flew him out to Los Angeles. He moved out there for a little bit. And then, unfortunately, he got hit with uh, multiple sclerosis, and he, he was battling it at the time. So he's a big advocate against multiple sclerosis, but very cool dude. I, I ran into him at a rat show when they were playing the clubs before uh, Out of the Cellar really hit it big. And there were, like, maybe 20 people in the club seeing rat. And then, like, a month later, they were huge. Wow. But uh, – yeah, so I ran into Rich at that show. You know, it, he was really yeah. He was south south suburbs, or he actually northwest Indiana, Hammond, Indiana, which is borders Chicago on the south side. And uh, yeah, so if yeah, even even if you don't play him, I just want to give a shout out to the band Warcry because they were part of that metal scene too, and they put on a great show at all times. No, I'll get it in right here.
And for those keeping score, Zotrope, bad band name. Warcry, awesome band name. Yeah, I like yeah. Warcry. How can you not yeah. be fa- make it huge with a name like that? They're like, oh, we don't even need to hear you're playing. You're going to be our top priority at this record label because your name is Warcry. But they were the first on the bill of that show. It, it was a crazy show. We we went up there and uh, hanging out in the park. We like we were talking to JJ French in the parking lot. <laughs> right. On. And he was just so cool. And I knew he was a big Giants fan, so I was talking to him football about him, you know. And he wouldn't stop talking to us about football and all this other stuff, and just totally cool. And we get in there, and and uh, it's packed to the gills, and you're sweating your ass off. And Warcry comes out, and we were like, "Holy shit!" Because that was the first time we saw him, and then I saw him subsequently several other times because they always played the clubs around here. Mm-hmm. Wow, they put on a great show. And then Queensrÿche came on after that during the first EP, and then they played some songs that were later released on Warning. Wow! So that was a cool show. But Twisted Sister didn't like go on stage till like almost one o'clock in the morning. We were like, "Holy shit!" Wow. But. uh Great show. Yeah, just a great bill. It's one of those shows that you'll never forget. Yeah. Sounds like it. That's amazing. Was that like the Stay Hungry tour? No, it was the um, one before that. Because Stay Hungry, they were playing stadiums and opening yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You can't go rock and roll. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, our next one, we're going to talk about Local H. Who? Oh, and what? I've, I've never heard of that <laughs> I thought we weren't allowed to talk about local H on this show anymore. I thought I, I thought I ruined it for everybody. I, Aaron, man, when when you're talking about them opening up for Metallica, I thought that was pretty cool. And the song you played in the background, "Half Life," is friggin' awesome. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you, you talk about the Chicago area now. They're from the far north suburbs. They're they, they're from, I believe, Zion, which borders right. Wisconsin. Yeah, it's right on the Wisconsin Illinois border. Yeah, and and uh, but they hit it pretty big with their first album and then kind of you know fell off the map after that but they still play live a lot around here i just love that i love the song uh half-life which is so it's totally heavy really cool stuff
Yeah, Local H. I mean, I'm a fan. Really? Oh, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> it was, I was, I was, I was, I was actually on a plane. You guys were talking. I'm like, first of all, you're playing that in the background. I'm like, this song is great. And then you're, you're debating it. It was pretty funny when you were talking about them opening up for uh, Metallica. But, um, yeah, yeah they, they are definitely uh, part of the Chicago scene, Northern mm-hmm. Illinois scene. Yeah, yeah, for well, sure. Well, make sure you listen to Talk To Me because I know they play him quite a bit. <laughs> Josh Toomey's like the number one. He's the king he of the him. local H fan club. Yeah, he likes him better than Primer yeah. 55. <laughs> <laughs> he only wishes local H had more members so he could be one of them. Right. <laughs> right. Well, officially, they have two members. Isn't that yeah. amazing? And the guy find that Scott Lucas just finds the most amazing drummers. You know, he just every time he loses one, he gets just another one that's even better than the one before, and then he replaces that one with somebody who's even better than the one before. It's nuts, right? Exactly. It's honestly, so, I've seen Local H live a bunch of times. They're one of my favorite bands to see live because of the spectacle of the drum kit being right up front and the one guy doing everything else. I, I've I never seen them live. Now, I I just never got around to seeing them live. Oh, you got to see them live. Yeah, I would like to do that. I know they played a New Year's Eve show a couple of years ago, and I wanted to go, but my wife already had us going to a party, and wasn't happy about that. But anyway, um, yeah, Local H definitely a band that needs to be mentioned when you talk about Chicago rock and metal. Fortnite. So what post grunge? I mean, that's they're pretty much described as yeah. This post post grunge fit into the new metal category or is that I something I, I see i i told you this last time i was on the show and i, I say this repeatedly i just hate the labels put on right. music because if it rocks it's good right and yeah because to me local h is just a kick-ass rock band it, I, I don't even know what post grunge is yeah i know post, 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 that sounds like yeah. an awful cereal Something Paul Stanley yeah. would eat for breakfast. Yeah, with root beer. <laughs> with root beer poured in it. <laughs> the, the only not, the only legal high, sugar. Uh, uh, and then you go do the Paul Stanley workout for dirty minds and clean bodies. That's right. There you go. Goes back to kiss right. somehow. Well, yeah, we had to tie kiss in somehow. Well, you always and, have to tie kiss in somehow. Yeah. yeah and By the way, kiss. You know, every time kiss plays here, he didn't say when he when he was in Aurora, but when the when I saw him at open air. A month before, he always mentions, you know, we go all the way back to the Aragon Ballroom. Well, the Aragon Ballroom was definitely one another one of those venues that had great bands. I mentioned the Amphitheater earlier in the show, mm-hmm. and now you have in the Amphitheater was probably the other one. I mean, the uh, Aragon Ballroom. It used to be called the Aragon Brawl Room because there'd be so many fights in the crowd. Wow. But uh, so anyway, Paul Stanley always brings that up. But I always think to myself, dude. During the Animalize tour, you couldn't even – they had to cancel the show here because he couldn't sell enough tickets. I had to drive up to Milwaukee to see Kiss on the Animalize tour. So he, he fails to mention that part of Chicago history with Kiss where yeah. no one liked them. And actually, more – I think because of the whole anti-disco thing here in the late 70s, when they released I Was Made for Loving You, that just killed Kiss in Chicago. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it took them forever to get. It wasn't until the reunion tour because they, I mean, they would play. No one liked Revenge. No one bought Lick It Up here. I mean, it was, you know, they were to be a Kiss fan in Chicago was just really odd. 
And I, even with their comeback, I know they were bigger in other areas. And like I said, during the Animalized tour, and that, that, that album was huge. I had to drive up to Milwaukee to see them because they couldn't sell enough tickets here. That's crazy. Wow, that is wild. But if you think about the timing of it, like you said, with the disco demolition and yeah. the backlash and all that going reputation. on. And then Kiss Man, comes out with you. that. you know, And that's where everybody like my Uncle Bruce even said, oh, Kiss, yeah. After Dynasty, he was done with them. But it was the idea of Kiss doing something like that at a time when that was the least coolest thing in the eyes of a rock and roller that you could do. So where I grew up, and that's going to lead into our last band, because he plays a prominent part in this story. Um, Where I grew up, it became very uh, marginal, very uh, factions. Uh, You had the rock guys. And you had the disco guys, you know, the, you had your jocks and everything. But they're, they're, I mean, literally, if you were wearing a Rush T-shirt, there would guys would pull over in the car and come out and kick your ass. Oh, wow. And then, so then all the guys that were rockers, you know, got together. And there'd be like huge fights between the disco guys and the rock guys. So I never got into any of that stuff. I, you know, I, I got some shit because I'd wear a Rush T-shirt. But I like sports, too. But I was like, whatever. I just stayed out of it. But what put me as a total outcast was my favorite band made a disco song, which was Kiss. Yeah. So I was, yeah, it was really an outcast in that. But uh, yeah, it was pretty rough. So anyway, that leads because the drummer of Life, Sex, Death is, um, I mean, my, my day's been crazy. Uh, it was Brian Horak, um, the drummer. Uh-huh. So, uh, so Brian actually lived like a block away from me. And I, I remember one time him, he was in one of those fights because he had long hair. And the disco guys got into it with him. But anyway, it was crazy because, you know, right around 1990, we pick up this album, The uh, Silent Majority, and it was great. Mm. What a great band. Yes. Uh, Life Sex Dad. Yeah. And they had the singer, Stanley, who played this homeless gimmick to a T. And we actually saw him live once, and he literally, like, smelled bad and everything. And, like, he... I, there was something wrong with him because I know he was in a band beforehand and he had the long hair and everything. And then he did this, the Stanley gimmick. I don't think it was a gimmick. Like he like literally lived like that, but it was cool. It, it, it was a great band. And I think they felt, they fell into that uh, category in the early nineties where they were too heavy for the hair crowd, but too hair for the heavy crowd. Yeah, right. you know, that's what they said. But that's what they said. We talked about, um, Never made it huge. And uh, right. I remember they, they, there was a f- fest, one of those big, not a fest, but it was a big tour. It was ten, Damn Yankees and a couple other bands. And Like Sex Death was supposed to be the first band, and they were dropped off the tour. <laughs> I and I was really disappointed in that because we <laughs> it's, As soon as Ted yeah. Nugent and those guys saw what he, what the, what it was, it was like, wait a minute, who signed this? Yeah. But, I, I can't imagine too many it, damn Yankees fans really going, wow, that life sex death was really great. You know, and, and we learned a little bit about the business of the uh, the music business because the drummer actually would work at the hospital where he, we grew up, McNeil Hospital in Berwyn, Illinois. And my friend at the time worked with him in the kitchen there. And he said, like, we lost money on the tour. We, you know, we... We literally, they actually lost money because of their advances and everything. And they said it just, they just couldn't go on, but they released one kick-ass album. That's for sure. Yeah, they did. It's been, uh, it's been great having you back on to do this and, uh, we're going to play out with the, uh, life, sex, death song, but, but thanks again for coming on, man. 
No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's, it's always fun. Um, for everybody out there, catch me. I, I write a blog on Talking Metal, and uh, I come out with an article once about once a week. And then I've done a few art, uh, interviews on the show too. So check out the TalkingMetal.com website. And right it's always great joining you guys. Hope to catch up with you when I'm down in Nashville. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Looking Heck forward yeah, to it. Yeah, man. All right. Well, this is Life, Sex, Death. And what's the name of the song we're playing? All right. So it leads in with Blue Velvet Moon, where Stanley would play a ukulele and sing. Uh-huh. And it goes into We're Here Now. And then it goes into Yavol Asshole. Awesome. Well, that's Life, Sex, Death. And we'll see you next week. Yavol Asshole.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 